Welcome to the Chat With Your Kids podcast. I'm Marcy. And I'm Alex. And we're here to help you tackle the biggest topics through little chats with the kids in your life. Welcome back to Chat With Your Kids. We have a great episode today. I was able to sit down with Leanne Fell. She is a teen speaker and presenter and a teen therapist. And I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, and I know that you will too. Unfortunately, Alex was not able to join us for this episode. The truth is, he was planning on it. (laughs) We were planning on it. Our kids are having a rough night, and he fell asleep in their room putting them to bed and wasn't able to make it down for the conversation. And I think that's just a fun little story, fun little reminder that we are definitely fitting the podcast into our lives, um, usually squeezing it in during bedtime and nap time. And we love doing that for you and we love creating this podcast for you so much. So without further ado, here is our episode with Leanne. Welcome to this week's episode of Chat With Your Kids. And I guess this would maybe more appropriately be called Chat With Your Teens. Yes. (laughs) And we're so excited. We have an amazing guest today, Leanne Fell. And she has years of experience working with teens She has a master's in social work from the University of Utah. She's an LCSW and she has worked with teens in a variety of settings. And she has just so many great things to teach us about connecting with teens, because I I feel like this is honestly one of the things that comes up a lot of like, yeah, but (laughs) like, but just wait, right? Like until they're teens. Um, Yeah. I think there's like some anxiety around that. Or if you're like, you have teens right there's a lot oh yeah so we're so happy you're here and Leanne we would love for you to just tell us a little bit about your background and who you are and yeah just tell us about you yeah um so like Marcy said my uh, background is in social work and I got my clinical degree so right now I'm currently doing therapy with teens um I specialize in teens only. I have some young adult clients, but um, I've been working with teens for the last five years, um, and it is the population I prefer to work with. They are an absolute blast. Yeah. They are so much fun. Um, I've worked with them in a bunch of different settings, um, like Marcy said, in juvenile detention, high schools, inpatient behavioral hospitals. Um, I've worked with them at their pediatric doctors, um, and then, of course, in uh, private practice where I'm at now. And something else that I'm doing as well as I do teen presentations. Um, so those are trainings or keynotes, speeches, school visits, um, where I train teens on mental health skills. I talk about social media, talk about vaping, talk about coping skills in general. Um, so those are much bigger, larger groups, um, and they're a blast. They, they bring great energy. So I've loved doing that um, as well. I love that. That's so cool that you do that. It just reminded me. When I was like way back when I was in my internship as a school psych, I would like go to the assemblies that we had with like the like middle schoolers, like preteens kind of. And usually I would like sit there and just like watch all these kids just goof around. And then once we had like a mental health presenter and it was so interesting because everyone was so like quiet and engaged. I was like, what happened to these kids? Like who are And there was almost like this kind of like walking in, just like, oh, everyone's like joking about it. Like, oh yeah, here we are. And then like, once they were there, they're like, but actually like, I don't want you to know how interested I am, but I'm so interested and I'm eating this up. 
So I'm sure yes. to like experience that in the work that you Kids, do. They are so hungry to talk about mental health. Like they hear it everywhere else. And they, when they hear somebody come in, yeah, they want to talk about it. You're right. They might be hesitant to admit that, but <laughs> they're so curious. They're so curious. I love that. And I love that. Like, I don't know. It's just so cool that you've like seen teens in like so many different places. Like I'm sure you've just heard a lot of like, right. And like, yeah, really like, I think you are like that safe person who they can like confide in and share some of their like concerns or, and so I'm sure like you just have really just great perspective to share with us on kind of those important topics for teens and then maybe even just how to connect because it's tricky, right? As oh, yeah. When they're teens. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an honor to be that person for teens, you know, cause I, um, they don't have a lot of people to talk to. So it's felt really special. And I feel really lucky to be in a position where I can talk to teens and hopefully I can give some insight because teens don't always want to talk to their parents, you know, and they, um, but I hear a lot. So hopefully I can share about what teens are talking to me about and give some insight to parents who yeah. um, don't know how to help them. I like that. And I think part of having teens is like having that understanding that that like chat with your kids circle needs to grow a little that like there are some things that like maybe like the cool aunt like would just better be able to talk to them about or like, you know what I mean? And I think that's okay. Like making sure that we like provide or like, you know, as much as we are able, like that we like are able to give them kind of a circle of trust and good models and examples and role models because teens may not like, no matter if you do everything right, they just like might not want to tell mom and dad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's crazy that you bring that up because I was thinking about that today that parents need to know to like broaden that circle for who their kids can talk to. And um, it was mentioned in your actually um, suicide prevention or suicide chat um, Mm -hmm. episode, but research shows the more adult mentors that a child has, the better the outcomes for their success in the future. So coaches, aunts, teachers that are special, give them as many adults as possible that they trust and talk to, even if it's not you. Because, yeah, that leads to better outcomes. Mm, I love that. And then I think it's also, like, with those people, then I think it's also, like, using your skills. A little bit like last week we did an episode of, like, chat with your partner or, like, chat with other adults. Like, I think those skills can, like, generalize to, like, other adults in supporting your kid because Mm -hmm. then it is, like, after maybe they have spent a day with their cool aunt or, like, or even just with a coach just, like, checking in and not even necessarily being like, okay, like spill the tea. I want to know all my kids secrets, but just like having that relationship of like collaboration. Like, I'm so glad that my kid can trust you and talk to you. And like, I don't know, just like making sure that that support system knows that there is a support system even, you know what I mean? Like, thank you for being here. I love that. Awesome. So we kind of want to begin with some reflection questions and actually Leanne had some amazing reflection questions Um, so yeah, take it away. I would love for you to share some of that insight. Yeah. So these questions kind of come based off experience I've had working with parents, um, who, uh, want advice, um, on how to help their teens, but one really great place to start thinking about how do I chat my teens is what topics about my team get me really emotional Hmm. and whether that's you have a team right now. And you can reflect on what topics or what future topics that I'm going to have to talk to my future team about get me emotional. And this could be like, okay, they're friends or 
or their academics or their compliance, their listening. Um, what topic makes me like really angry or really sad or really passionate even? Um, what emotion is it? You know, if something makes me really emotional, emotional, what emotion am I feeling? Mm. And then even to kind of like keep reflecting why, like, mm. why am I so emotional about this topic? Like, why are my emotions getting big? Is it based off something from my past? Is it based off of a bad experience? Um, kind of checking your emotions and figuring out what's going to, what's going to trigger a big emotion in you, mm. I think is a really important first thing to reflect on. I think it's what catches most parents off guard about teenagers is how emotional, how, what the emotional um, response that happens in them um, and being caught off guard by that. It, it's not helpful. And then, you know, maybe our chats aren't great or we don't respond great to our team. So that's, I think, a really good place to start. What topics get me emotional and why? Mm, I love that. I think that's so interesting. It kind of reminds me of an experience I had when I was a teen. <laughs> and okay. we found out that, like, one of my friends was moving. And we were, like, me and my a group of friends, we were, like, doing homework on a school night. And we found out a friend was moving. And so we were obviously like super emotional <laughs> and we kind of stayed out later than we normally would on a school night because we were like all crying and like we were making, it was like a very wholesome night. You know, we were like, yeah. just like a couple of girls just like so sad and making a plan. I think we like made a bucket list of like everything we would do before she moved, you know, it was like classic wholesome, yeah. whatever. But one of my friends, when she got home, got in a lot of trouble and her parents had kind of jumped to this conclusion that she had to have been involved in some sort of like illegal illicit activity which is super funny because like <laughs> me and my <laughs> friends were like just like Fine. just not but like just not the kind of kids that would we were like just the most so innocent. like fear of any breaking of rules was like mm -hmm. we just would not go there and I don't know that kind of just like as I look back as an adult but now I look back with like so much love and empathy of like, there probably was like some sort of fear. Like there was an emotion, like there's a reason, like they kind of jumped, right? Because like your emotions sometimes just like hijack and you take over and it was, yeah. like, I can't think that you would be out late for any reason other than like illegal activity or like, yes. you seen and yeah, I don't know. So that just made me. Yeah. Think. Or explains why some parents get really, really nitpicky or, or, um, overwhelmed about their kids' grades, you know, like things good to step back. Why? Why does that make me so mad? Oh, I'm worried about their future. Oh, I want them to be, you know, successful. But instead, it comes out as this one assignment has a zero, and you know, I'm getting really emotional about it. So it's kind of helpful to check out why. Why is that such a big deal? Because usually, what your big emotions are don't match what your team cares about or has big emotions about. So yeah. it's a thing to to figure out yeah it's like aligning values is pretty hard <laughs> between teams oh my gosh yeah <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I love that awesome that was a great question and hopefully there's some good reflecting whether you have teens now or I think you know whether you will someday have teens right I love that yeah I have another one if that's let's all hear right. it please um this is I think goes along with the theme of chat with your kids where you guys say we're not going to tell you what to chat with them about. Like everybody has their own values and their own rules. Um, you kind of give kind of a framework and guidance so people feel more confident chatting with their teens. This is what this question is for. It's to kind of figure out 
what do you value when it comes to your parent parenting to a teen? So the question is, what is my role as a parent for my kids' teenage years? Mm. Is it hands off? Is it highly involved? Is it, I want to really build their character and their discipline, or I want to build their autonomy and their independence? Or do I really just like, I prioritize, like, I want them to be obedient and compliant. Like what's my priority as a parent when it comes to the teen years Um, and figuring out what that is before you jump in and kind of start to try to chat and parent teens, you know, where am I at? What's, what's my priority. And I think that can help you. Um, yeah, I think just prepare for those chats and, and talking to your team. Yeah. I love that question. And I even am thinking about that for like, I feel like you could ask that question at every age, right? I'm like, okay, I'm with the toddler years right now. And I could ask that same question because yes. when you said like, is it to be obedient and compliant? I kind of have this like reaction, like, oh no, like <laughs> that's not what I want. But then I'm like, as I examined some of my interactions with my kids, I'm like, well, sometimes that's what I'm doing. Like, yeah, I'm like, that's not like, that is kind of the value that's leading that interaction. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I love that, like checking in no matter what stage you're at and asking, yeah, like, what is my role and what do I want for my kid? And how can I let that guide the interactions and the chats that we have? So I love that. And then thinking ahead to those teen years, because I think whether you have teens now, or if maybe your kids are not quite teens, you can like really start to set that foundation, you know, yeah. like <laughs> what, what, and even just thinking like, what, what I, I, I do think this sometimes, like, what do I want my relationship to be with my boys when they're like dating or like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, of course, I think every parent does. Like, I want them to talk to me about it. Like, I want to hear about it and I don't want them to feel like embarrassed, you know? And so I'm like, yeah. put in that work now that like, when they come home and they are talking about, like, our four-year-old has started talking a little bit about like relationships. Like, oh my goodness. this girl told me that she loved me <laughs> and like <gasps> making sure that my reaction isn't like just so teasing and dismissive of like, yeah, that like, I want to meet you with the same level of like respect and curiosity that I would give you as a teenager. It'll look different because you're little, but like, I want to set that relationship up for success. So for sure. Yeah. And it's almost like one way you can do that is like, okay, I'm going to focus now on compliance and obedience and discipline. So that by the time that they're teens, I really can't just focus on autonomy and independence and help them make their Mm -hmm. own choices as they go in the world. And yeah, it's an interesting thing to love that. Yeah. Like you kind of have to like teach them boundaries in a safe setting so that they can like set their own later. And yeah, Yeah. I think a lot of them, I don't like maybe use the word failed, but failed chats started out as like, I'm doing this to help them be independent. And then slowly it turned into, you need to obey what I'm saying. You need to be compliant. And then it seems like, you know, and so you're like, good to know what you're what am I trying to get to? I'm trying to get them to be independent or I'm trying to get them to be build some character or something. Yeah. I love that. That is so good. And then I guess just kind of like the last reflection question that I think is good. It wouldn't be chat with your kids if we weren't going to make you reflect on your own experience. So I feel like just reflecting on like, what were your teen years like? And maybe like what it's hard to like, remember, I feel like sometimes, but like, what were those interactions that helped you feel like seen or heard or like really connected to someone? And like, what about that interaction was like, helpful or what was it about the way they interacted and 
your kids might be a little bit different, like, and, but I think it is good to like, remember what worked for you. Cause it probably wasn't nagging or like, you know, about obedience yeah. something. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'll help you kind of prioritize like, Oh, this is what I remember I liked. So maybe you'll prioritize that. One of mine, like, this is like an experience I will never forget. And it's when I was being cut from the varsity cross country team <laughs> before okay. this meet. It was like high stakes. It was my senior year. I was going to uh, be cut from like, yeah, the varsity team. They're like, sorry, you've ran, you know, varsity this whole year, but it's state and we're going to put you on the JV team, right? Like oof. dating for, you know, a teenager. Yeah. But I left the interaction. It was my coach and it was both of them. They, they knew it was like, that's like, I really valued that. Like I knew that they, they thought about how I would feel. They thought about my feelings. They're like, let's do this together. They got me in like a, you know, a place where I was alone and they sat me mm-hmm. down. It was a little bit more formal, right? Which sometimes it needs to be formal. Sometimes it can be casual. And they, you know, they just talked a lot. They built me up. And I remember leaving that interaction, like something that should have been like life shattering. And I felt like I felt confident and I felt lifted up and it was like this really positive experience for me. Whoa. And you know, like they talked a lot about like my leadership qualities and like, they're like, really the reason that you're being cut from the varsity team is because like, you've been a great leader to these younger girls. And like, like as far as like team perspective goes, like, you, like this is what it means to be a team player. Like if you hadn't been kind to some of these girls, like if you hadn't like taught them and mentored them, like, they went wow. here taking your spot. So like, congratulations. And yeah, it was, yeah. I think that's just like one interaction that I think of that, like that meant something to me, you know, yeah. talk about using praise in a team chat. That is just, if you don't take anything away from this episode, take away that praise, 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 praise. That's awesome. Yeah. Just like build them up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. Awesome. So those are some good reflection questions. Hopefully that just like kind of has maybe even sparked some questions that, you as a listener might have, or you're like reliving your teen years for better and for mm-hmm. work. <laughs> um, so now I kind of just want to dive in and ask you, Leanne, like you work a lot with teens. You obviously mm-hmm. are interacting with their parents as well. Um, oh, yeah. like, what advice or information would you want to share about like connecting with teens, having good information, like just really to empower parents to be confident around a topic that usually we just don't have a lot of confidence around. Yes. Yeah. Teens are, um, there's a lot of things that are similar about talking with teens as there are with talking with kids. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what a lot of parents experience is this shift when they move from developmentally kids to developmentally teens. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's different and and it challenges us emotionally in a way that we didn't expect. And that like totally shoots our confidence And we don't really know what we're supposed to be doing. Am I supposed to be parenting them or letting them fly? And so I think um, the first thing that comes to mind in general, um, when it comes to chatting with teens and feeling confident in chatting with teens is making sure that like you are taken care of emotionally first, like that you've got people on your team to like talk to because your teens are going to emotionally drain you. Yeah, and have to be emotionally regulated in order to have effective chats with teens and effective relationships with teens because they are smart. And the minute you show an unstable emotion, 
that that's that's what the chat's about oh well you're just always mad at me oh man you just are disappointed in me and because they are emotional beings Mm -hmm. so that's my first thought is man where am I emotionally and that's why I picked that reflection question um am I taking care of my own emotions staying cool calm and collected so that my team can get the chat that they need or they can get whatever whatever they need um at this time right now, I actually uh, just saw a post by, um, oh, I want to quote her. Her name is, I believe, Lisa Demore. She has a, um, she has a Instagram page and she posted this um, metaphor about a swimming pool and teens and teens are the swimmer. That's, they're the main character. The water is the world. And they're like discovering themselves in the world. They're doing the backstroke. They're doing the freestyle. They're having a great time out there. And parents are the pool. You're holding it all together. You know, you provide them the home, their life, you know, all these things. But the the teens aren't really paying attention to the pool when you're in it. You're like in the water and you're discovering yourself. And every once in a while, and it really feels like this, only every once in a while does a teen maybe get tired enough that they want to go and lean on the edge of the pool. Mm. right and like oh I need to lean back on my parents hey I need this and then the minute that maybe they catch their breath bye and they're back and they're playing in the water and they're doing the backstroke and this can kind of feel emotionally confusing for parents like yeah they wanted me they trusted me and then all of a sudden they're like you're lame I'm going to my room bye you know and they don't need me anymore and what do I do with that and it's kind of like hard to understand and so I think understanding as well developmentally where teens are at understanding this swimming pool metaphor or understanding that somebody from age 12 to 18 is trying to find out identity and role like that's just where their brain is at will help a parent feel prepared emotionally for chatting with their team they'll be less confused they'll be more understanding um they'll let them swim you know they won't judge their backstroke they'll say they don't care what I think about their backstroke you know I'll let them do um do those things but um yeah, being prepared uh, to understand what a teen is going through developmentally, I think is really important. Like do the research. Where is the teen at developmentally? What is going on in their brain? What has, you know, developed? I think most people understand like, oh yeah, they don't have a frontal cortex. So I need to criticize them and tell them what to do and tell them where their logic isn't, you know, but then also understanding what they do have a fully developed amygdala. Like their emotions are just as developed as an adult mm. um, and their feelings are real. Um, so how would I, you know, talk to them if I understood that about them and please don't criticize and try to tell your kids what's logical just because they don't have a prefrontal cortex. They're figuring it out, you know, have yeah. compassion and empathy on them. I for love that that. Like, and I love how you pointed out, like their emotions are just as like real and developed as an adult, because I think like, I think it can be so easy to like side eye or like, oh my gosh, yes. like puppy love yes stress over you know whatever it is like that teens are stressed over having the right outfit like being at the right event something on social media right it's so easy when you're like have you ever had to worry about taxes (laughs) have you ever had to worry about all the adult things like you're just like I promise right it's so easy to just like discount those like struggles but then I think remembering but like the emotions associated with those things are just as big as your emotions are with taxes or whatever it is that like yeah. adult size problems. And if we can't support them in their emotions at that age, like with 
helping them through the puppy love or like that silly thing if we don't support them and like hold them like that pool I love that metaphor and like give them the space and the support they need to like learn to manage and cope those emotions then when they do face like right we want our children to grow into like adjusted and healthy adults who have the emotional capacity to manage the stresses of adulthood right yeah the support that we give them with those teenage emotions like that's going to really impact how they are able to navigate those things as an adult and so it's just as real for them like that heartbreak (laughs) like the teenage heartbreak is like just as real and valid as adult heartbreak you know Yeah, if you want like a rule of thumb when I'm approaching my teen, like how should I approach them? Um, The teen is the expert on their life right now. And that's hard because we've lived a lot of life and we have a lot of advice to give and we have a lot of experience to share, Um, but we will never be the expert on their experience and on their life. Um, And I think that's hard to to give up some of that pride sometimes as adults or parents. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to chat with a teen, I think... uh, indicator of success is if they feel like they are the expert on their emotions, their life, their Mm. school drama, their friends, um, they're going to be more likely to chat. Um, And we'll talk about, you know, in a little bit what that would look like to make a team feel like an expert. But yeah, I think that part's really important. I love that. And I think that is like, I think, you know, all aspects of the chat with your kids model connect, listen, chat are important. But I think with teens, the listen is like, ding, 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 ding. Like that is 98%. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to, I I was thinking about this with little kids, you have a little bit more lecturing room, you know, like, okay, let me tell you a story about when I was a, and you, here's this lesson learned with teens. Ooh, yeah. Lecturing, I feel like it only happens when they ask for it. Well, will you tell me more about this mom? Then you can. But other than that, it's yeah. You're the expert. Let me listen. Let me be curious. Yeah. I love that. No, I think that's such a, like, such a great thing. And I also love what, how you, like, started about just, like, making sure that you have your emotional needs, like, taken care of as, yeah. as best available to you. Because I think sometimes, like, as parents, we can, like, put on that, like, martyr hat. Like, we're just like, you know what? I'm like, my child is my life. But I think sometimes, like, you feel, and that, that feel, it feels selfish, maybe, to, like, mm-hmm do whatever it is that helps you manage your emotions because sometimes that takes time or money or resources, right? Like maybe it's going yes. to therapy, maybe it's joining a gym, maybe it's knitting, like whatever that is, like that takes some resources away from your children. So it can feel like selfish, but it's not like it, it really is not. It's a great thing. And it's great. It's a great modeling for your kids to see that you prioritize your wellness and your ability to regulate your emotions. So yeah. Yeah. And you'll be more present to listen, which is 98% of the chats. So yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. The other thing that I'm thinking about when it comes to teens, um, it's kind of inevitable that you're going to have a conversation with the teen um, or a moment of conflict with the teen that doesn't go well. Um, They're going to be really emotional. You're going to be really emotional. Um, You're going to disagree. There's going to be difference in values. Um, and there's going to be a little bit of rupture. You know, there, there are the few teens that, you know, maybe don't rupture that much with their parents. But for most teens, there is going to be some rupture. And I think if you want confidence when it comes to chatting with your teens, 
get really, really confident in having a repair chat with yes. your kids. Um, and there's this um, TED talk that I suggest everybody to watch. She also has an Instagram page that's really great. She talks about all age kids. It's Dr. Becky Kendi. Um, and she has this TED talk called um, The Single Most Important Parenting Strategy. And she talks about repair. So if you want to learn what it really looks like to have like a repair conversation, go watch this video. But this is going to be essential with teens because um, teens are going to look for reasons not to trust you because they're trying to find themselves and be independent. And that's easier to do if they can discount maybe their parents. Mm -hmm. um, and so get really good at repair. And she talks about how... Um, one way to get really, one thing you have to do in order to get really good at repair is check in with yourself emotionally, like we were talking about, um, and then being able to go back, take an accountability, take accountability for any kind of rupture that happened between you and your team, um, acknowledge how that affected them, and then say, you know, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna do that again. And I, I kind of want to tell a story of what this looks like. Please. Um, I have two, they're, they're both really short stories. One is with my dad. So when I was a teenager, I hated my parents. No, I didn't really hate them, but like, I thought I knew everything was right. I wanted to have a sleepover every weekend. I wanted to go out with my friends. They had strict rules against that. I wanted to skip school. I just wanted to push back on every rule possible. And I would follow my mom around the house and yell at her. I was just, it was just really bad. I was very emotional. And we'd have these crying fights where I was yelling and crying and saying, you hate me. You won't let me have a sleepover, which is funny to look on back now. But back then, I really did fear if I wasn't going to these sleepovers that I wouldn't have a life. So in that yeah, moment, and it was like it was social valid. capital, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I'll say this. I don't remember a ton about what my parents said in the chat, in the conversation. I'm sure that their emotions, I remember their emotions getting high. And I remember them saying things. I remember them saying advice, all this stuff. I don't remember any of that. But what I do remember is going down to my bedroom and just weeping, just weeping on my bright pink pillows and comforter and just thinking my life is over. And my dad would do this yeah. thing. where he, he would walk in. Usually all the lights were off because, you know, I was sad girl in it. And I would be weeping on my bed and my dad would just lay down. He'd make some like silly comment about those, you know, glow in the dark stars on my wall. Like, oh, look at your glow in the dark stars, you know. And then he, you know, make some other comment about um, my room. And then he'd just simply say like, I'm really sorry that it went that way. I hope you know we love you. Mm. Like, we just love you so much. And I remember at the time just being like, oh, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he would leave. And all of a sudden, like, I feel like clarity would kind of come over to my mind. I wouldn't be mad at my parents. I'd be mad at the situation. Yeah. And then I felt like I could go and I could chat with them again. I would go and have the fights again. Because guess what? I knew no matter how much I yelled at my parents, afterwards, my dad would come in and he'd say, sorry, it went this way. Love your guts. So the chats could be could be infinite. And it just was like such this repair. I it really made me feel like I could trust my parents, even though I hated everything that they, yeah, <laughs> that they were telling like, me to do. Safe for you to experiment with like your teenage angst, <laughs> like, right? Like, yes, yes. I was allowed to have all these emotions and I never felt bad for, I mean, yeah, I probably sh I should have felt bad. That's this next story is there was one time my mom picked me up early from a powder puff football practice in front of all these boys. Oh, and she was like, we're going to go to a church activity. And I was so <laughs> embarrassed because I was like, I don't want these people thinking I go to church activities. I don't know why I was embarrassed by that. But I was so mad at her because I told her not to pick me up. 
for this church activity. Well, she did anyways, because she wanted to communicate to me, but that's what we do in our family. We go to church activities. And on the ride home, I just yelled at her. Like, I don't think I've ever been so mean to my mom as I was in this car. I called her insensitive. She doesn't respect me. I don't, I might have swore at her and called her names. And she just sat there and she just took it. She just listened. And I kept going. I think it was like an hour long. We get home. I'm still yelling. And I go to bed and I'm still mad at my mom. Like, I don't feel bad for anything that I did. And the next morning I go to like into the bathroom to get ready for school. And there's this card and it's from my mom. And she says something along the lines of like, I'm sorry that you were embarrassed. I could imagine how that must have felt. I love you. And there was some starburst. Mm. And my first thought after that was, I am the rudest person in the whole world. My mom <laughs> loves me. She got me starburst. I yelled at her and she got me starburst. And Aww. all of a sudden there was all of this like, um, accountability going on in my brain. And again, I didn't feel like I couldn't talk to my mom after that conversation because she, she and my dad just mastered repair. They were able to like repair, even if (laughs) they were completely in the right. And I was a hundred percent in the wrong. They could at least acknowledge, sorry that it went this way. We love you. Yeah. So master repair, have chats, have chats about repair. Don't be afraid or too prideful to have chats about repair because that's what your team will remember. That's what I remember. I love that. And it's like such good modeling too, that like, like it's okay to get things wrong. Like it's not the end of the world. Like you can have a do over. Right. And I think like, what a good lesson for life. Like that, like you can have a do over in relationships and that's like a healthy relationship that like you can forgive. Like, obviously, you know, like that you can, say hey let's try this again like I think I love that modeling and I love how like your parents did it in their own way like I love yeah. how you're like my dad came he kind of you know in his like silly dad way <laughs> like yes oh so cheesy I, I think like sometimes and like sometimes I'll see on social media like know these top 10 teen slang to connect with teens and then like I just don't think using slang is going to be the way to like connect with your yeah. teen I think can be yourself like yeah get them starburst and write a little note or be your silly little self and talk about the lights on the wall or whatever. Like it's okay for you to like, you don't have to change and try and be cool or relevant to them because you're not like from that story. Yeah. Like, my parents were not relevant. Like they were, they will fall so flat. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, but yeah. like they were themselves and that's like who I needed. And they, yeah, they yeah. repaired. They show me, they love me. They were consistent even mm-hmm. when I hurt them. Like, yes. and I love that. I think it takes a lot of pressure off too. Like you don't have to be a different person. Like just be yeah. you and be there for your kid. Yeah. You don't even have to have the perfect phrase to say, as long as it's something that's repairing, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to make an impact on your team. Um, Cause you want your team um, to, after any chat, you want them to walk away feeling comfortable to come and chat with you again. Like that should always be your end goal. Yeah. Um, and repair, repair does that. And I think that, I think that is a hard thing. Cause like, there are times when it's like, there's things that are not okay. Right. Like your kids yes. do things that are like, and I totally like, I get where your parents are coming from on the sleepover thing. Like, I just do not like the idea oh. of my kids away to sleepovers. Like, no, I'm so I'm glad not- they did that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, so like, there's things that like, you're going to have to hold boundaries. You're going like you, you mm-hmm. need to hold boundaries. That's part of parenthood. That's part of keeping your kids safe. Yes. And I think like, that's, yeah, like, that's just like part of it. You don't have to change your values or like, you know, to yeah to adjust, but 
I think it's so important that you like, yeah, it's okay if there's something about their safety or their well-being, you can hold the boundary. But like you said, like it might be a big fight and you might know that you're right in that fight. <laughs> yep. But you still have to repair. You still have to model that. And you're the parent. Like it's, yes. that's part of being, yeah, navigating these difficult things. Yeah. And you best believe like maybe two hours later or the next day, my parents did come and tell me the boundaries. You know, they said, Hey, by the way, if you ever talk to your mom like that again, you know, A, B or C or, Hey, by the way, you know, you're still not having sleepovers. I think that's another really key thing with chats with teens Mm -hmm. is um, distinguishing your listening chat, your repair chat and saving the advice or the consequences or the boundaries for another time. Mm-hmm. And that can be really hard as a parent because you really want to like say, but just so you know, you're never going to see the light of day after what you've done. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you know, like, how yeah. dare you do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, and, and there is a time and place to set a boundary and a consequence with teens. Um, but I think to, um, I don't know, really help with the way that teens work, do a repair and listening, have patience and later reestablish the boundary. Usually they know. Yeah. They know what the boundary is. You know, you know, by that age, they usually know. So. They know the rule. Yeah. And I think like, and I think also, yeah, it's like in the moment when emotions are high, like you are not going to achieve anything. Like you're not going to accomplish <laughs> anything if you're lecturing or like trying to like, yes. you, you are going to accomplish something if you listen and if yeah. you like stay like, yeah, you repair and you stay consistent and loving and like, and that's hard, like, like all, like it is not easy to do. Like This is like hard and it takes an incredible yeah. amount of like skill right but and then even and I also like when you do have that conversation later like you can still make it open-ended like ask them a question about it like "Hmm, I'm really curious like when you have kids why like help me understand like it sounds like you would want them to have sleepovers tell me about that like why would you love that part of that or like you know like just kind of you can like play out that like fantasy right like how would your life be different if I let you have sleepovers? I love that. Talk yeah. about like feeling autonomous and independent. And this is my life independent of yours. Give them that. I love that. Yeah. 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 The other thing that I think, um, I'm not sure if this is going to make parents feel better or worse, but I think it's applicable for all kids, but I think it's especially applicable for teens. Teens is a really stressful time because they're that much closer to adulthood. And we're kind of like, oh crap, crunch time. What can I do so that they can be successful adults and make these certain choices. There's another awesome TED talk by a woman named Yuko Munakata. And she actually talks about um, what it's called, why most parenting advice is wrong. Mm -hmm. And the general idea of the clip is there's not one strategy or one predictor of your kids outcomes. Every kid is going to respond to every parenting strategy differently you don't have control. Yeah. So first off, it's kind of like an SOS, like, wait, like none of this matters. Like that's what research shows. You do have influence, but your kid is going to react differently than another kid to a parenting strategy. So an example of this is my older sisters, from what I know or what I remember, didn't necessarily love to sit down and chat with my mom. Especially my oldest sister. She's like, I don't want to talk to you about periods. I don't want to talk to you about dating. I don't want to talk to you about friends. Like, no, get away. Like, that's not what I want. But me, I craved it. My mom would be like, so did you kiss a boy tonight? I'd be like, yes, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to talk to her. I wanted my mom to talk more to me. And I bet she probably was hesitant to talk to me because my older sister didn't like it. She's like traumatized. She's like, yes, yes. And so I think that can be a little comforting though. Like, hey, 
just do what you feel is best with the right intentions, your kid might hate it. And you might have another kid who loves it and, and you can't predict that and you can't influence that. Um, but it kind of helps you maybe let go of some things. And maybe that's what you can think of when you're trying to prepare your younger kids for chats as teens. Just know like, Hey, there's only, there's only like, there's not a golden strategy. I shouldn't stress about this too much. Um, each team's going to respond differently. What matters is right now, am I loving them? And what am I doing in the present kind of thing? I love that. And I think it does take off some of the pressure. Like you said, it's like a double-edged sword, like a little bit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> wait, what? Nothing matters. So it's like, but like, that's like kind of nice to know, like, you know what, like you're going to do your best. And they're also like these little people who just kind of have their own personalities. And like, there's their not something you can do about that. Like they are who they are. Yes. I have teens in therapy that I'll suggest this intervention. Like, Hey, what if I scheduled your mom every other day for 10 minutes? She's got to sit down and talk to you and listen. It's just a hundred percent listening conversation. She's not going to give advice or lecture. And I have some of my teens are like, Oh, actually, yeah, that'd be nice. And other, my teens like, don't tell my mom to do that. Don't, don't, whatever you do, do not tell my mom to do that. You know, that would be the worst. I don't want her to sit, ew, oh, sit yeah. down and meet that. So it just, you know, it just depends. It's just a preference. I love that. Another good example Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, just, I think that's like good to like remember with like the chat with your kids model too. Like, and that's what I like is like, there's some kids where it's like, they're never going to have like a sit down. Like you almost have to be like really sneaky. Like you have to be so yep. sneaky about it. Like you're just like, yes. oh, like here we are playing basketball and I'm just going to kind of talk in there. sweaty and stinky I am. And we're going to have like a puberty talk, but like you might uh, have yeah. that's what we're doing. But that's like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I put on Jordan today. Did you, man, what kind yeah. of you like? Yeah. I really like this scent or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing that illustrates um, the, the complexity of every team's like different is I know a lot of people at least a lot of um my me and my friends talk about how um girls bodies were talked about growing up especially mm-hmm. as we're becoming older and we're like wow man why do I have all these insecurities well, well how did I learn about you know my body growing up and I've had a lot of chats with girls about modesty and my mom that's like the only rule that she was just so strict about like if you're not modest you're not going anywhere like clean mended and modest she said all the time and I had a lot of friends who related to this and they said yeah I feel like later that messaging made me feel shame about my body or like a lack of autonomy about my body and all these things and or or like I have to control what boys think and it's my fault if a boy you know does these things whatever but the way I responded to this it's so funny I vividly remember thinking oh if you're modest you're covering up what boys want to look at so boys want to look at your body so if I dress up if I dress immodestly in short shorts boys are going to notice and at that time in my life all I wanted was boys attention so guess what I did I dressed immodestly I would sneak those clothes to school I'd put on the shorts because I remember thinking like oh they just gave me the key to the kingdom like I want boys to like me so I'm gonna wear short shorts and clothes my mom doesn't want me to wear and it's so funny to look back on now like what that's the messaging I got that I should wear immodest clothes. It just shows more how you can't predict what yeah. your teen's going to want, you know? Yeah. So. And I love that. Like, I think that's where that, like the letting them lead and like having them be the boss and the expert of like, just talking like, cause I think the more we talk, then you're going to learn a little bit about how they're understanding things. Right. And like, yes, yeah. Like, why do you think some people like, why do you think some parents want their kids to dress modestly? And then maybe, you know, like that starts that conversation yeah. or like, what do you yeah. think the rule should be? And yeah. yeah, I love that. 
So I'm curious, you work with a lot of teens. Like what are some of the big topics that come up? Like speaking of like all these chats, like I'm sure we could talk all day and we could probably have you back on the podcast 3 million times (laughs) with all of like the different things that come up. But like, what are some of the big items that you're like, if I was a parent who has teens currently or is going to have teens someday, what would I want to know about? Yeah, Um, I have a couple thoughts. My first thought is, um, I don't think I have much to say or much crazy expertise on topics more so than, than anybody else about what to talk about to teens in general, you know, like drug use, sex, um, you know, families, stuff you've talked about on the podcast, mental health, uh, body image, finances, college. There's all of these, um, these topics. I think a lot of people know that you're going to have to talk to your teens about. Yeah. Um, I will say if you have a teen right now, if you have a teen right now, it's about to be 2024, you've got a teen and you're thinking, hey, what am I missing? What do I need to make sure that I talk to my teen about? What I would say based off my experience in sessions with teens is two things. The first is social media. And more than just, um, more specifically, social media and um, mental health topics. Mm-hmm. One of my most common chats I have with teens in session are teens who are telling me, I'm learning about these mental health disorders on social media, and I think that I have them. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I meet this criteria, and I meet these, this criteria. Now, I'm really grateful that they're talking to me about it in therapy because I'm the great person who can say, let's talk about that. You know, like, what is the criteria for this mental health disorder? Blah, blah. So t- chatting with your teens about what are you hearing about mental health on social media? Do you ever hear a video where you're like, wait, that's me. I might be depressed. Um, because there's this new phenomenon, I think, happening um, where there's kind of, I feel like hesitant in saying this, but there's kind of like a social contagion going on when it comes to mental health issues mm-hmm. through social media. Mm-hmm. It gets spread. And so um, this is a chat. I think if you have a teenager, you need to talk to your teen about it now. Um, because in its worst case, a teen sees a video, think they have something, and then they feel doomed, lower self-esteem, yeah. stop trying oh, this is just who I am. So that would be my first thing. Get on your radar, social media and mental health. Hey, when you watch a video, how do you like discern this is their story versus this is my story? Like some of those critical thinking skills. Yeah. Teens are talking to their friends about mental health. I never talked to my friends about suicide, depression, anxiety. I don't remember doing any of that. No way. Um, Now that could have been unique to my like situation as a teen. Maybe I was surrounded by other um, friends who were experiencing those symptoms. So I'm sure people were experiencing symptoms at the time. But it was pretty heavily stigmatized during like our. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it just wasn't more so for our parents' generation. Like every generation gets. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, and because teens are talking more about it now, I mean they're just talking about it when they're hanging out. And sometimes it's talked about, maybe not in a like, hey, I'm feeling depressed. Can you guys help me? But a really casual way. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, like depression. I'm going to be depressed for the rest of my life. Isn't that funny? Or, yeah, have you ever thought about suicide? No, have you thought about suicide? That'd be crazy. And it's kind of getting talked about flippantly just because they're teens and it's it's everywhere. Yeah. Well, so and I also that, think yeah. that is like modeled in social media. And I think a lot of times like well-intentioned, like levity, right? Oh, like 100%. levity around difficult topics is can be such a good way to talk about it. And mm-hmm. it's like harder for kids to like, like grasp a difficult concept like levity. You know what I mean? Like they oh. read something on the internet and they might not understand that this is like a deep, powerful message 
portrayed through like lightness and humor like they maybe yeah. are just gonna parrot it and not understand like mm -hmm. well it reminds me how we used to make jokes about racism and we would say homophobic jokes when we were in high school and we had no idea you know there was yeah, this no, like that was not yeah. okay not okay right and just like maybe some of these teens are making comments about mental health issues they don't realize or maybe more serious mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I think I'd, you'd be surprised how many teens I talk to that are worried about person um, borderline personality disorder yeah. which you don't even diagnose in genes. And so yeah, you're like, that's not even, you know, it's so funny you mentioned this because I like had this when I was working with high school students doing therapy, like this was a very common experience. And I remember like one that just made me laugh so much was a kid came in very similar to what you said. And he had his list of diagnoses that he knew he had. from, yeah. And I'd been meeting with him for a while. And at the end of the session, like, I don't exactly remember how he said it, but he basically just said like, you're pretty good at this and you're like wasting your talents. Like you need to get on social media, like, like the, the highest professional status that you can reach as a mental, like the, is social media. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is funny. Cause Marcy just told me before this, how much she like, doesn't love the social media part of like her job. And so that's funny that that's what he thought you should do. Yeah, I know. Right. I was like, Oh dude, <laughs> social media is wow. not different. But anyways, yeah, I thought it was like really funny just to hear his perspective of like, here is like a, you know, school-based mental health professional who, you know, is here providing these services. And he's like, I would take you more seriously if I encountered you on social media. Wow. You know? It was like in some parts, it was a little bit angering and some parts it was a little yeah. funny, but I think yeah. it like reveals a lot about like how much of this content yeah. kids are accessing, which is like so good. And also if yes. you have a way to like talk about it or process yes. it, it can be kind of like dangerous, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and yeah, here's why it's so important to chat with your teens about it. Cause I've had both teens who think that they have something and they discovered that they don't and they feel so relieved. Yeah. Or I've had teens who think that they have something because they watch something on social media. They don't ever chat with their parent about it. And finally, when they do, we figure out they do have that thing. I had that with the teen who had, who had autism and they weren't saying anything, but they knew it because of this video, but you know, nobody was talking to them about it. And finally, you know, they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I watched this video and I think I have autism. We discovered it more and they did. Right. So have the chat, whether that's the outcome of they learn more about their mental health and they get the help they need, or they learn, Oh, I don't have to have a mental health disorder in order to be suffering. Everybody deserves emotional support sometimes. Yeah, and hopefully that could be the outcome of that chat, you know? I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Awesome. Um, the other thing I'm thinking of when it comes to topics, um, just like I said, I feel like I don't have a lot to say because you kind of know the general team topics. And I meant emphasis, like if you have a team right now in 2024, this is what you should talk about. In general, if you have a team or you're going to have a team, I would approach the teen years again as not the expert mm -hmm. and that there's going to be topics that you don't know yet about. Yeah. Like go into the teen years, assuming I need to research what's going on in the sociocultural environment of my teens. I need to ask them questions because I think the biggest thing that's getting in the way of parents and teens right now is that parents didn't know that they need to chat with their teens about social media Mm -hmm. until they've been on it for a couple of years because they went into the teen years saying, Oh, cool. Sex talk, check. Friends talk, check. Finance, check. And then also like, Oh crap. I was supposed to talk about mental health stuff. I didn't even know. Or, Oh, I was supposed to have the chat with them about social media. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So 
be prepared by knowing you won't be prepared and do the they research like the way and, and figure out what those topics are or ask your teens. Hey, yeah. what, what kind of things are kids talking about at like your school these days? What kind of conflicts are going on at school these days? Or what worries you, you know, in your world or in your friend group these days? And they'll tell you, they'll tell you what topics you need to chat with them about. That's what I'd really like to emphasize. Going into it humbly, don't think that you know, oh yeah, I got them all down. I know what I'm going to talk to my teen about. Assume that they're the expert and they're going to teach you what topics you're going to need to talk to them about. I love that. I think that's so important. I like, (laughs) sometimes I think like, Instagram and TikTok should have like a service for parents called like teen algorithm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Genius. Like, like it's like, this is what the teens are watching. Instagram, Yeah. Your Instagram algorithm is yeah. not for teens. Like, right. And like, but I think like, that's like all jokes aside. I think like way better than if that service existed is yeah. like, just like be curious about your kid's life. Like let them be that resource. Like just yeah. listen, whether it's like something super important. Like obviously your kid has a crush. You're like, I'm all ears, but yeah. maybe your kid's like really into some like, you know, like sport or club or book or manga, or anime, game. whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm like less interested in that, but I'm going to be equally curious. <laughs> and because uh, like, you oh, know, yeah. like, you might be like, oh, I didn't know these books were about that. Or I didn't know yeah whatever you know what I mean I didn't know that people got bullied on Roblox interesting tell me more about this interaction you had on this video game you know like you you need to be curious to figure out yeah what what your kids need to be talked about for sure which is tough tough to do in the teen years because like we said they're swimming in the pool they're not coming to that edge very often yeah and so um yeah that can that can be really tough yeah (laughs) you're like just take advantage of it when they're there (laughs) I love that Mm -hmm. well do you have any like advice kind of talking about coming to having them come to the edge of the pool for like conversation starters? Like, is there anything that you've seen or experienced with your clients that you're like, this is kind of a good way. Like, you know, maybe it's just like an, in the moment, like this is, you know, taking them out for ice cream is a great strategy or you're like, "Eh, it's a little cheesy, a little, you know, it's better. Good question to ask, you know, what are some thoughts on conversation? Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely, like we said before, each team's going to react to, you know, each conversation starter differently. So don't get too bummed out. You know, if you try some of these and it's not a good fit for your team, um, try a bunch of different ones. Um, In general, I would say, like we've already talked about, curiosity and questions are probably the best way when it comes to teens. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would I would start with curiosity and questions about them. Teens are in the. Um, moral stage of development where they are motivated morally, I put in, you know, quotation marks by praise and acceptance. Adults are motivated by like values and integrity. Um, Little kids are values are um, motivated by like rewards and consequences. Teens are motivated by praise and acceptance, right? So if you want them to make the choice to engage in a chat, to think, Oh, should I, would this be a good thing for me to do to sit down and share with my mom? They're motivated by, am I going to be praised or accepted for doing this thing? So um, if you want a conversation starter, start with a compliment, start with praise, start with something you've noticed, and then some curiosity to show them that you think that they are the expert. This isn't a lecture. I'm here to be curious about, about your world. So that could sound like some of the things 
we kind of said earlier, um, but like what, what stresses you out? What's, what's like number one on the stress list this week? Like what's, you know, what stresses you out or what, like I said, what conflicts happen in your, you know, student body at school? Um, that one's kind of maybe a little bit more serious. You might not start with that one. Um, or like what problems do you and your peers face? Things that kind of sound like this. I really like, like, Hey, I just learned about blank and I'm totally new to the subject or I never had to deal with that as a teen. I'm wondering what that's like for you or for your peers. Like what, what, what do you think? Um, again, oh, that's I'm such a good curious. question. Like I love that. I love yeah, you're like, here, you're the yeah, like, here's the authority. Like, let me just give yes. it to you. Like teach me. I love that. The power. I know that thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I think anything that, again, leans into, and that leans into all three, you praised them, you're curious, and they're the expert, and they're in this stage of identity and role. So like, what what do you think? Like, what are you developing as a person? What's your opinion um, on this subject? And that's just like the tri- trifecta for teens, for sure. I actually think it's a really great idea to suggest a running or rolling meeting time with your team every Thursday when I pick you up from volleyball we go and get ice cream or we go and do blank or go and shop whatever and I chat with you and just expect that that's good and it can be really casual or it can be really formal you could say okay let's have our chat um and I would just say the number one rules for those kind of things is 100% listening chat no advice no lecturing um no agenda you know, and, um, and then opening that up. I think some teens actually crave those kind of traditions. Um, not all, some will reject that and they won't love that idea. Or I just love that them. though, because that just reminded me of like, when I was in like middle school ish, yeah, I took like drum lessons <laughs> and yeah. it was a bit of a drive. And I, me and my mom, she would drive me out. It was probably like a 35, 40 minute drive or something, you know? And we had like mm-hmm. a ritual. Yeah. Like you said, like every Thursday and we'd always like stop at this grocery store and get like a bag of cookies. And I like percussion drumming, like wasn't really my thing. And I think I actually like stayed in lessons a little longer than I like probably needed to, or should have because mm-hmm. time became kind of like sacred for me. And my mom talks about it too, to this day, like Aww. probably like a year or two of our lives that we had that ritual and like it I don't I honestly don't remember a single conversation I do not remember oh. a single thing we talked about on those drives yeah. but like I remember the ritual and how much it meant to me and yeah so like I love that again like some kids it like probably like that might not be their thing but like I remember that right and that was foundational yeah. so I love that I love that idea. yeah that's cool yeah, um, anything where they feel, I think, special, time set aside, or like like we've been saying, they're the expert. I mean, talk about them. Teens love to talk about themselves, and it's not because they're selfish. It's because they're literally in the brain stage where their brain is frantically searching for who am I or who could I be and where do I fit in? So asking those questions like, yeah, what, where do you fit in? What's your group of friends like? You know, what are your skills? Where do you exceed, you know? where do you feel most like yourself? Like, we're like, oh yeah, I'm like me, you know? Mm, and I, I think, um, yeah, I think that can, that, that can just make them feel comfortable. My mom was really good at that. When she figured out some things that made me feel like me, she would always praise me for that. She'd be like, oh, that shirt makes you look so loud and energized. Cause she knew I was like, woo, 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 whatever. And so <laughs> she would be like, that is just a loud and energetic shirt, just like you. And uh, at the time, I remember verbally being like, oh, 
special. Yeah. You know, like shut up. <laughs> but I also remember feeling special. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's the thing is like, teens are never going to validate you. And I love how you kind of talked about the beginning, like building that support system. Like, just don't expect it. Like, they're never going to be like, or rarely, maybe, maybe once in a while, but rarely are you going to get like, you're doing such a good job parenting me. Oh my gosh. Like a plus. I never did. Yeah. yeah. So I think not like, deep. they're not going to validate you. They're going to roll their eyes. And so you might just need to find someone else that you can talk about who will validate you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Get your emotions out with somebody else so that you don't yeah. take that out on the team. Yeah. yeah. And always remember this is not my team being manipulative or being, you know, a jerk. This is my team being, a, this is the way that they are still, they're children. They are learning. Yeah. They are, they are beginners. This is the first time they've ever done this before. And I think having that compassion, oh my gosh, it changes the teen's world because some of the things that teens share with me in therapy that have hurt them are their parents making them feel like, I should know better or I'm not good enough for whatever reason. And I can tell it's from, you know, the parents intentions to teach them discipline or character or like fear so that they don't do a bad thing again. Um, But you're, you're talking to a, a little kid, you know, you're not talking to a little adult, you're talking to a big child and, um, and respecting them, respecting them. Um, and, and your chats will just be, I think, so effective and endless. Um, just remind yourself of that. It's easy to forget. And there's this guy on, on um, social media. Oh, I want to remember his name because he's really great. Let me, let me pull up his name. Um, he does these like, do better, check yourself videos. Oh my gosh, I like, know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Billy Perry. Yeah, yeah. His Insta is Billy VSCO. And he just talks about, he shows interactions of parents who aren't regulated and judging their teens. And then he sh- shows another reaction of where you respect your teen. And, oh, it's just awesome. If you want to know what that looks like, look at his Instagram page. Because he does a good example of, like, hey, parents, check yourself. Like, they owe you nothing. You owe them everything. Mm-hmm. And um, that can kind of help you to have those chats. Yeah. And I love my favorite thing about his videos is the comment section. Because it's mostly teens. They're, like, oh, really? out. They're, like, oh, my gosh, read the comment section. They're, like, teens. They're, like, will you be my dad? Like, you that know. is – see? So- yeah, it's super. And he does a good job. He has strict rules. He's a strict dad, right? Yeah. You know? And so. Yeah, super yeah. interesting. Yeah, another good rule of thumb is um, they're not going to maybe like get everything right now. But if the 25-year-old version of themselves was reflecting back on this moment, how would they feel about how I reacted? And that can kind of help you to you know figure out how I'm going to chat or how I'm going to repair or teach. Um, I think a good reframe of just like, okay. Yeah. And I think just like, especially to maintain that like respect or dignity. I like yes. that. Yeah. Yes. Because my teen years, I think are most impactful to me once I turned 25 and I could like think back. And now I just like, my parents are the most, I praise them all the time because I'm reflecting back on those moments. You're like, great job. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Literally, I wish I was a teen so I could come be one of your clients <laughs> we have fun I'll say that we have fun in sessions so I'm sure yeah no that sounds great um honestly I've learned so much I feel like more prepared to parent teens I mean we've got a while but I think this is just like really in just a great conversation and so I'm so excited and yeah is there anything else like do you want to leave kind of your information your Instagram for anybody who might have questions yes yeah 
Yes. Yeah. It's been great to chat with you as well. Even preparing for the podcast has reminded me of principles and stuff that I need to remember when I'm working with changes therapy. So it's really great. Um, yeah. So just a reminder, my name is Leanne Fell. I um, do speaking events and I do um, events for teens and schools and nonprofits. They're super fun. I understand what teens are motivated by and they want to have fun when they learn. And so um, please uh, look me up. I'm not sure maybe if Marcy and Alex could put my Instagram handle in the uh, Absolutely. description. My last name is spelled really weird. So it would just be hard maybe to remember all the spelling. But um, yeah, like hit me up, ask me questions more about teens. Um, if you want to vent about, you know, parenting your teen, please message me, DM me on Instagram. Um, it's like I said, it's nice to have somebody to talk to it about. So, um, and just thank you again for letting me talk about these beautiful human beings who are teenagers. They see oh, yeah. life in just this amazing way. And um, they inspire me. They keep me young, not just like fun wise or whatever, and all the slang that I'm learning, but they keep me young in like the way that they think about love and friendship and life in the future. And it's just um, such a blessing to be in a teen's life and to be a parent to a teen. Just love it while you have it. So mm-hmm. yeah, the world it's is better. better. Teenagers. Like, oh my gosh, so is. much better. I love yeah. that. Well, thank you so much. It has been so great to have you. And of course, yeah, we'll include your like information in the show notes and just thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much, Leanne, for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend. Of course, you can always leave comments or reach out to us on Instagram or through email. We love hearing from you. Have a great week chatting.